Welcome back to Be More Super, the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we're joined by another awesome guest. Uh, She's a star of Stargate Universe, the originals, Orphan Black, Ready or Not, which is one of my favourite movies, and most recently, Quantum Leap. It's Elise Levesque. Elise, welcome to the show, my love. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm really excited because not only have I spent many, many years following your career and enjoying your work, uh, but you've got an awesome movie com- coming out with a uh, a fellow uh, UK uh, resident. Well, I don't know if he's a resident now. He's probably moved on to to uh, LA or Canada. Uh, John, John Jonathan Rise uh, Myers. Uh, so yeah, so I, I I cannot wait to watch it. But before we talk about Disquiet, which looks awesome by the way by the trailer, um, I wanted to find out a bit about you. Really, I mean, um, you know, why acting and why not like a, a nine to five profession and and not something that's so competitive. Um, this is the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> Get out of here. Um. I mean, from from a young age, I think the only other thing I had any interest in being was a marine biologist. Like, I, I loved animals when I was. I still do love animals, but um, but yeah, when I was very little, I think before I started acting, I wanted to either be a vet or a marine biologist. And then when I was in grade six, um, my teacher, Miss Krause, shout out to Miss Krause, she. Um, came up to me one day after school and said that there was an open casting call for a children's television series that was shooting in my hometown. And she felt like I should go and audition. I think cause I was just always sort of a natural performer. I gravitated toward like uh, me performing in front of the class and, and that sort of thing. So I went, um, I dragged my mom to this open call uh, and it wasn't even, they didn't even make me act. They just asked me questions, um, and one of them was, I can remember, it was like, if you could go on a date with anyone, who would it be, and where would you go? And I said, Leonardo DiCaprio, and we would go to McDonald's, obviously. And um, she was like, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so I started acting when I was like 11. Wow, that easy eh? at that age. That must have been awesome. Thank goodness she didn't say someone else than Leonardo. Um, but it was but like on- the Titanic era. He was exactly. Like, you know, yeah, you won't you won't go to the local pool with him. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> McDonald's is probably a safer safer option. Um, so. so, so you know, when starting out in the industry, uh, you know. Do you or did you have a plan in place of what you wanted to achieve um, or your end goal as such? I mean, I wish I could say that it was some like grand goal. I just wanted to be a working actor. I just wanted to be able to pay my bills doing what I love to do, which I feel like is a success in and of itself because it's so difficult to uh, make a living at this um, in this industry. Uh, so that was sort of the original intention. And I was pretty lucky that 
I made a move to Vancouver when I was um, 20. And I remember at the time I got a transfer with a, a clothing store that I worked at called Le Chateau. And uh, I was working at this mall in downtown Vancouver. And I was having a really difficult time juggling the auditions. This was back before like the pandemic when you'd have to go to do in-person auditions. Um, and I would you finish work at like 10 after cleaning up the storm. By the time I took the bus to where I was staying, it was like 11. And if I had an early audition the next day, I was just not good at learning words that quickly or reading things mm -hmm. directly off the page. So I was like showing up to these auditions and just not killing it. Um, and so I remember I asked my parents if they would help me out <laughs> for two months, just let mm -hmm. me focus solely on acting for two months. And if I didn't book a job in that period of time, I would get a part-time job again. And luckily I got a job maybe a couple weeks later and then I got another one. And then I think I got one more and I just, you know, of course there's been huge windows of nothing, but, but for the most part, I've been lucky to work consistently since then. Mm, I mean, I'm a, I, I can only imagine in the industry, there's lots of ups and downs. And as you just men mentioned, there is spaces with nothing. So mm -hmm. how do you keep motivated and moving forwards during these times? And like, if you didn't get a job, you know, and you didn't get that part, I mean, how do you pick yourself up and keep going forwards? Yeah, I mean, apart from the occasional meltdown, I do a lot of uh, meditation. <laughs> no, I, I truly think that the in between work is some of the is part of the the difficulty of what we do. It's staying mm. sane and trusting that you're going to work again because it always mm. feels. You hear it, and it sounds so cliche. You, 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 actors be like, "Once I finished that job, I thought that was the last time I was ever going to work." It's this weird psychological game we play with our with ourselves um and i don't think anyone is immune from it no matter how successful you are mm -hmm. i think you're always questioning am i hireable am i going to ever work again um and it certainly can be dire when you go you know i think i went a year before i after my last job before i booked disquiet i went mm. a full year of not working and coming close on the occasional thing which sort of keeps you hungry and feeling like you're yeah. you know in the game but it, it can it can be really difficult and um i think as i've gotten older i've started to realize that um to enjoy those down times because they are temporary and then of course you inevitably get so busy that you just wish you had <laughs> nothing but time on your spare hands <laughs> classic um, but uh i try my best to usually uh, especially before the pandemic i think i was better at filling my time i mm. would be in a class quite often um studying which would help make you feel sort of uh, fulfilled artistically, even if you weren't getting auditions or weren't working. Um, but now I've started to still do other things that are creative, like writing, um, writing some scripts with friends, uh, reading plays, sort of taking the initiative to be creative mm. without somebody giving me permission to do so. <clears throat> but this is a wonderful thing about the pandemic as well. I know it's strange to say wonderful thing about the pandemic, but it's that time when a lot of people weren't working and you had that mm. spare time that the amount of, you know, 
creative thoughts that have come out of that time and uh, people sitting down and actually collecting their thoughts and putting it on paper and and the projects that must must be coming our way from that time um, mm-hmm. is going to be incredible but let's talk auditions because i've had many guests that literally love them hate them and they are an artwork in themselves like um you know doing or doing auditions which side of the fence do you uh, sit mm. on do you like them or hate them oh gosh uh a combo a combo i i miss them now that we don't have them anymore so mm. that's interesting um but i for the longest time I, I've never really considered myself great at auditioning. I get very nervous and that gets in the way. Sometimes it can help. Like if it's an mm. emotional scene or so you're like running for your life, which is always such a fun audition to have to get where it's like an action sequence. And you're like, how am I supposed to do this in this tiny weird space um, with no props? Um, anyway, I, I, what I do miss though, like self-taping is great. And I, I used to always prefer it because I felt like I could relax more. Mm. I could be more in control of what I sent out. Um, uh, read with someone that I felt comfortable with, go as many times as I need to until I get up to a place where I'm satisfied. But I think the downfall of self-tapes is you don't get that immediate feedback. Uh, and mm. so you could be missing out on the potential to to get closer to what they're looking for with you know the casting director's help or the director etc um and also just like i think it can be it can become easy to get a bit lax with it because mm. you're you're like well my buddy so-and-so is going to come over and help me and like i'll just like casually set up these lights <laughs> whereas when you have to go to an audition it's like it's a ritual for me mm. anyway it always was of like you know, making sure I have enough time to get there before the drive over there, listening to always like the same songs that like get me in a certain state of mind, you know, nervously looking at the sides in your car before you get out. And, and as sometimes painful as those situations were, I do miss the thrill of that sort of performance element, I guess, mm. not I knowing mean, how it's going to go. <clears throat> I mean, what's, what's been the best and the worst audition that you've had? Well, it's funny because I can certainly think of the worst. <laughs> like that jumps out immediately. I'm like the best. I don't. I don't know. Um, I've sort like I've had some auditions that you know you leave the room and you're so high from the experience. You something sort of magical happened, or you forgot that you were acting. I've had that happen a few times. I had a really. I really enjoyed my callback for orphan black uh i put myself on tape for it i was in new york at the time and then i had to pop up to toronto to do press for uh, a show that was coming out and i got the phone call like oh hey you have this callback tomorrow for orphan black and i was you know and they gave me extra scenes and stuff um and i didn't have a ton of time to look at them but it was one of the few times where i feel like i really gave myself permission to not um have everything figured out and uh, they were so open to that, that mm. it was just a really uh, fun experience. And I left there just so, so jazzed and got, I think a phone call maybe like an hour and a half later. Actually, no, oh, wow. I remember I was staying at my friend's place who was in the show and um, I walked out of her apartment and there was a van 
in front of the apartment and this guy's like, get in the van, you're going to the table read. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, So that was a pretty overwhelming, crazy experience. And then like, I mean, I've had a number of stinkers, like bad, brutal auditions. But the the one that jumps out at me was it was my first commercial audition in Los Angeles. Um, and just even before I went into the room, the energy in the waiting area was just very intense. There was a lot of people, everyone got partnered up with someone. And then the guy who was casting this commercial, I think clearly hated his job. Like he did not like being a commercial casting director. I don't know. Maybe he had bigger aspirations. I don't know, but he would come out of the room and he would yell at people. He'd be like, so-and-so and -and so-and-so, why aren't you in the room? I called Uh your name five seconds ago. People would be like, oh, okay, sorry. Oh, uh, uh. And I was like, what's happening? Uh, and so then finally he came out and he called myself and some other guy who I was partnered with. And we came into the room and he, a bunch of other people sort of came in and I was panicking going, are all these people going to be in here while I do this audition? Like, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I don't want them to see me fail at this. Um, and anyways, he told us what to do and he was like, okay, so... Uh, when I call action, ladies, and I don't know why, but for some reason, none of you can seem to get this right. Wait two seconds and then look into camera and say the line, blah, blah, blah. Um, so immediately, as soon as he was like making the ladies feel stupid, I was like, I hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I hate this guy. I just want to get out of this thing. Um, anyway, everyone left. So me and the guy sat down and the, and the, oh wait, before that though, he made us do a slate and I was standing next to the guy I was working, doing the scene with, um, he said his name, height, etc. And then the camera panned over to me and this dude goes, wow, you're, you're very attractive. And I went, Oh, thank you. Like I did like a weird face. And then he went, actually, maybe not. <laughs> wow. And then, and I was so worked up. I was so angry that by the time he was like, action, I was like, one, two. And then I like looked in the camera and I said the line and he stopped me and he was like, okay, Elise, whatever it is you're doing, it's creepy. Can you not do it like that? <laughs> it was terrible. I left there. Um, and my mom had just gotten to LA. She was visiting and I remember I had to go. I She was waiting around the corner for me. And so I met her at this coffee shop and I was like, I quit. I hate this. This guy was such a jerk. <laughs> so so are all casting directors or, or assistants that horrible? Or is the industry, no. you know, because I mean, how old, how, how old was you at that audition? Was you quite young? I, no, I, I would say I was 28. I was 28. Okay. So I've been doing it for a while. I've, I've never experienced anything like that. I've yeah. certainly experienced people who aren't warm. You, you know, where you come in and the casting person while you're reading is like on their phone. And, <laughs> you know, it's very distracting. But I think wow. for the most part, they want you to win. They want you to come in mm-hmm. there. They want you to kill it. They want to create an environment that facilitates that. Um, but just every so often, there's someone who's just i don't know having a bad day or having a bad life i can't be sure but (laughs) bless you and this is why literally i couldn't be in that industry because i'm the type of person i take things too personally 
because I'm just apparently too nice. And if someone's horrible, I take it so personally. And obviously the industry, I've been told, is very uh, fickle at times and you've got to have quite a big skin. So what's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to face to date within the industry uh, to get to where you are now? Gosh, I don't know. Um, probably my own stuff. I don't even think it's like, I mean, sure, of course, sometimes it feels like everyone else holds the key to you um, working, but I think it's it's my own uh, being too nice, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and I, and I do think it's really hard because I actually think a lot of people in this industry are extremely sensitive. I think you have to have that sort of softness to your heart in order to be vulnerable and empathetic. And, um, but the industry itself is a business and it can Mm. be really difficult to separate those two things, to separate the art from the business side of things. And, Um, to take things really personally. I mean, that's something that I still struggle with. Mm. I think I've gotten better at it, but um, caring what what people think, um, trying to learn to not care what people think, I think is is a lifelong um, Mm. goal for me. (laughs) So yeah, that's probably it, is is sort of um, standing up for who I am um, as an artist um, and as a woman in the business. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's about standing up for yourself, self-worth. And and <clears throat> now I've got two small girls. Uh, I, I think I've noticed it more about the empowerment of fe- fe- females within the industry and why we should applaud, you know, more female-led roles, strong roles, because I yeah. want my girls to grow up and have people like that on t- t- TV to to look up to um so talking about kids i mean you started at such a young age at the age of 11 and we all know kids change their minds so often it's unbelievable so what has been the driving force from such a young age for you to keep within the industry and not Mm. change your mind yeah i mean um i certainly have moments where i've been like am i sure i want to keep going and i think I do check in with myself from time to time and go, is this still what I want? Uh, And I just, I love a lot of things, but there is something so fantastic about getting to be on a film set um, or, or on, on stage. Um, The communal aspect of it, the collaboration, the, I just love everything about it i love the getting up early the sort of nervous excitement the uncertainty of how the day is going to go uh the sort of intense family like bonding that you form on sets you know you're together for this short amount of time and it's it's an intense always an intense amount of time and so Mm -hmm. you form these really immediate sometimes lasting friendships um with people because it's kind of like you're in the trenches together and getting to sort of play, make believe and do things, learn new things. That's one thing too, that I love about it. I feel like with every character, I learn something new. Sometimes it can be like, you know, I learned to fly fish for one job 
Um, I learned to throw knives <laughs> for another one. Um, you know, I started learning a bit of German for uh, a job that I did sort of at the end of last year. And uh, so I feel like it keeps me alive and curious. Um, and I, as much as I bemoan the sort of inconsistency of it, I do think that that is part of the appeal that you can't really predict it, that it's not predictable. Do you know what? Fly fishing and throwing knives have never been in the same, same sentence at all. <laughs> so, so for me, I'm just astonished by, by, by that. So you won't be getting in, in, into any random vans anymore with those skills. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, uh, yeah. at what point did you think, you know what? I'm actually good at what I do. Have you got to that point? Or, you know, because I know some some actors will say, you know, I'm still trying to discover that. I mean, do you, do you believe in yourself as this act, uh, actor and that you recognise that you're actually really good? Because you are, you know, from mm. a fan point of view. Um, thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like, no, I... I have moments where I'm like, oh, I think I understand acting. I think I've solved it. And then I'll go to do a self tape or I'll have one bad day on set and I'm like, I'm trash. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why anyone ever hired me. I don't know why these people believe in me. I am terrible. And maybe there's some sadistic part of me and us collectively, because I think a lot of actors have this, that likes to be hard on ourselves mm. i don't know I, it's almost like maybe if i'm hard on myself before you are then you can't hurt me maybe mm. that kind of thing let's get deep <laughs> let's get real yeah. deep about it it's, it's like therapy with be more super <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but but, but yeah I'm, i mean i mean is it like a lot of people uh is it the imposter sin sin syndrome um a lot of actors have um and i suppose you know I, su <laughs> I suppose that when you know that everyone's watching you on screen and the critics you see i'm the type of person i watch something and i always see the good in it do you know what i mean and when you read these critics uh, and and they're ripping things apart it's like literally they're only there to basically put this project down or, or film or tv show down but then they never focus on the writing or the acting or, you know. So I suppose as an actor, it can be quite daunting to to think that you're going to put all these months of work for some person to um, pull it apart. I just, I just, you've got such a, a job on, 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 on your hand, hands and I commend that because I can do it. <laughs> so this is why I'm doing this, you see, because I don't care what people say. They can say anything they want, um, you know. I'm creating content, they're not. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what goes into uh, becoming a successful actor in the industry? Is there a magic source? Is there a, you know, you know, magic uh, word that people can say to become a successful um, actor? Hmm. Um, well, I think, I think, obviously, talent, um, you know, sort of goes without saying, but I don't think it's as simple as that. I think there's a lot of really talented people who can't find their footing in the mm -hmm. industry. I, I know I have friends who, um, you know, gave up at a certain point and they were immensely talented and should mm -hmm. have had big careers, but for whatever reason, things didn't line up. Um, and I, the only thing 
that I can really uh, think of is just hard work. I really think having a good work ethic goes a long way. I think um, things have changed in the industry. You can create your own content, speaking mm -hmm. of, now yeah. and and build a platform for yourself if other people aren't giving you the opportunity whereas that wasn't so easy back when i started acting um mm. so i think i think having a really strong work ethic i think being a person people want to have around goes a long way i know there's a lot of like rotten eggs and stuff in this business but i I also know there's a lot of really good people and those people who show up and make it a pleasant work environment, they work. People want them around. Um, so I think talent alone isn't enough. Uh, and the other sort of thing that I think is important and something that I've had to really uh, learn is to, is to know what kind of things you want to work on and to be comfortable saying no. Mm. I think there's always this fear. Uh, I certainly know that I deal with it where, where you're afraid that if I say no to this, that there's not going to be another opportunity that that thing that you're really looking for to do next, um, isn't going to come. But I've got a lot of people around me who, who are brave enough to say no to things that don't align with what they want to do with their careers. And inevitably that thing that's better, that's better for them and for their career always shows up yeah that's solid advice really is and obviously you're doing something right because your imdb credits are just amazing going from smallville uh right up um you know i, I think cedar cedar grove is it i haven't seen oh, that cedar cove oh. well that's okay cedar cove <laughs> Probably is, not your vibe. <laughs> what is, well, you never know. I'm like, literally, I'm a modern man. Um, I like Virgin River. I like all shows like oh. that. Yeah, I love Virgin okay. River, okay. honestly. Well, you might. And, um, Cedar Cove and Cry. Yeah, I, you know what? I will. It's just that, do you know what frustrates me at times is that you see all these con content and all these movies and TV shows, and a lot of them are not available, like in the UK. They're only av oh. avail available in the States. And I know it's all down to licensing, but it would just be nice to get more Hallmark sort of stuff over in the UK because they do some really good movies. They do some really good shows. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll get more over here in the UK across the pond. But let's talk about your latest project, um, which is Disquiet, which I'm going to bring up the poster here. The trailer is immense. It really is. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch this, uh, you know, with a pillow um in front of, in, in front of me <laughs> but if you could tell all the, yeah if you could tell all the viewers and listeners uh, a bit about the movie and whom you play um yeah so the movie um follows this character named sam who's played by jonathan reese myers who um wakes up in an abandoned hospital after a near fatal car accident and he wakes up in this sort of um apocalyptic hellscape where these very dark sinister forces are trying to trap him and keep him there so his whole sort of mission is to get out of this never-ending maze of um terror <laughs> and along the way he meets my character monica who is somebody else who woke up in this hospital and finds herself in a world that is um 
uh, scary and um, unknown. And all of these people that Sam meets along the way, like him, are essentially facing their own demons in this place. So for my character, Monica, she is um, obsessed with perfection and she goes into the hospital to get a breast augmentation and she's obsessed with changing her face and body to look and fit her ideal of perfection. Mm. And basically the thing that is haunting her in this place, um, I don't know if I want to like say exactly what it is, but it is a reflection of that thing, of that desperate need for perfection. Mm. And it looks terrifying. It really does. People don't like hos- hos- hospitals the best of times. But in this yeah. mo- movie, definitely, uh, I wouldn't want to visit that hospital. But what attracted you to this project? Because it always it always fascinates me how people choose roles. Um, and what attracted you to the role of Monica? Um, well, so interesting. I, I This wasn't so much of like a choice. I, I auditioned for it. I put myself on tape for it. Um, and I had a really, really good time taping it with my friend, Hanukkah. Um, there was just something about her that I was able to lock into. And, um, then they asked me to tape it again with some notes and they said, can you bump up the comedy? Which I was like, Oh, huh. Okay. Um, I thought it was like a horror. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see what I can do with that. And, um, I found, just this real sort of, I think on the page, it could be easy to play her as caricature. Mm. And I, I didn't want to do that because she's very much like a valley girl sort of persona. And I wanted to ground her and make her someone that we could relate to. So I thought that that would be a really interesting challenge. And it just felt like a real opportunity to play a character, which I, I hadn't done in a while. Mm. Mm. I and mean, so then, yeah. So then they offered it to me, and I was like, "Yes, I'll do it." <laughs> yeah, you're thinking a year. No, excellent, bless you. And uh, you know, it, it it looks fantastic. It's coming out on the 10th of February, so it's in a couple of days, um, yeah. and it's going to be on digital and on demand as well. I mean, you act opposite jo- Jonathan in it. Um, uh, you know, how was it uh, starring on 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 screen with our very own Jon- jo- Jonathan? I mean, well, I was a fan before I met him. It's like, you know, there's only been like a handful of times where I've worked with someone where I'm super familiar with their body of work. But like, mm. I loved Johnny from like Velvet Goldmine is, have mm. you ever seen that? No. One of my, oh, it's so great. It's so great. Um, Dewan McGregor, Tony Collette, uh, Christian Bale and Johnny. And it's like a David Bowie, Iggy Pop sort of. Oh, wow. Um, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Um, anyway, so I was a, a big fan. I watched all of the tutors, so I was very nervous <laughs> to to meet Johnny. And he's very um, he takes his job very seriously. And for the first several days, was completely in character, even between takes. Like he introduced himself, but he sort of like you know kept to himself and between takes uh really stayed in character and didn't engage too much outside of um the scene but then at one point i think it was like four days into shooting with him we were doing this scene where my character wakes up basically nude in this hospital and i like a a wrap like a medical sheet around me and then at one point we're running from stuff and 
um, I'm trying to put clothes on while I'm running down the hallway and he was ahead of me. And when he turned and looked back, I guess I just looked really ridiculous. And so he broke character <laughs> and he started laughing hysterically at me. And then, um, and then at that point we sort of became like buds and we were just, you know, making jokes between setups and, uh, finding levity because mm. it was all so dark and we were shooting in an abandoned, um, uh, asylum uh, called Riverview um, outside of Vancouver. So it was just like a, it was a very intense sort of environment. And obviously the script was intense and what we all had to do was very intense. So, um, so it was nice to, to you know, get some laughs in between. Wow. Do you know what? I'm just thinking an abandoned asylum that you're filming this, that must be scary, scary enough as it is. I mean, I Oh mean, yeah. Crazy stories in that place like it's they film so much stuff there and people have crazy stories i mean i used to live in like this apartment so this building got um converted to look look luxury like flats apart apartments and un unknown unknown to me is that this building used to be a mental asylum in the 1800s and then one day when i was leaving the apartment to go to work the groundkeeper said um you know, are you new? I said, yeah. He said, oh, do you want to see something really cool? And I was like, yeah, okay. And underneath, in the basement, they still had the morgue. And they still had these holes where they used to dip people into the water. Literally, I, I moved out within three weeks. I literally got it got my deposit Literally. back and I'm I was out of there it freaked me the hell out so filming in an abandoned asylum must have been scary enough as it is I mean obviously it's quite tense um you know the characters you know in the trailer so my quest question is as an actor so when they cut cut shoot you're saying that Jonathan obviously stayed in character I mean how do you get away from your characters when you finish shooting do you have like a ritual that you go through through to sort of cleanse yourself from from all those emotions uh no <laughs> like a glass of wine <laughs> maybe like like a, a strong martini um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean i i haven't really been one of those actors who takes it with me i tend mm. to sort of do you know be able to not always not always but um like I'm not to the extreme of I've worked with some people who they can be like laughing and making jokes and the director calls action and they are like laser focused on what's going on. I'm not, I can't quite do that. But, uh, but I think generally speaking, I can at least leave what I did um, or, or the character elements of the character at work um, mm. and go home and sort of, live my life um and but there's moments when if if a lot is being demanded of me emotionally specifically where i feel like i really need to uh, to sort of stay focused and it can be really difficult on a film set because um especially you know weeks into filming where there's like a lot of camaraderie going on the hours are late everyone's tired and getting kind of punchy it can be really easy to just you know, be cracking jokes, like I was saying, between between takes, and then you get really far from the thing, and they're like, action, and you're like, oh, God, where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that can be like a, um, a hard line to toe. But no, for me, I tend to just sort of uh, try to be there in the moment and then let whatever transpires sort of stay, mm -hmm. stay there. 
And then, obviously, for the viewers, I mean, what what are they in for with this movie? What can they expect to experience without, obviously, spoiling anything? I mean, this movie does not let up. It doesn't even, you know, a lot of horror movies, thrillers, it's a slow burn. Not with this movie. We hit you over the head right out of the gate and we don't stop. <laughs> There's no rest for the viewer in this in this film. So buckle up. It's very, yeah, a very intense ride. I mean, I've read one of the critics, um, you know, uh, things on this movie and it does say it's fast paced all the way through and it doesn't let up, uh, which um, mm-hmm. I will probably definitely have that pillow and a glass of red wine uh, ready at the uh, <laughs> at the side. So the last few sure. questions for you, Elise. Um, so mean, your credits on mm-hmm. IMDb are breathtaking. They really are. You've got so many on there. So have you got a labour of love that will always stay with you uh, amongst all those credits? Well, um, uh, there's a number of... I have to say that Ready or Not is, um, just for overall experience, it was so... Just I, I knew from the moment I read the script that it was going to be something special. And then mm. uh, when I got to Toronto and you know met the rest of the cast, Christian Brune, he was um, was hired, and then Andy McDowell, who I'd worked with on Cedar Cove, uh, was also in the cast. So that was a really fun. Um, it was just nice to show up to a job where I I knew some people. Um, I am such a fan of Fox Searchlight and the films that they put out. So that was really thrilling and exciting. And then we were just, you know, it was a, it was a relatively quick shoot, I think only maybe four weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, we got to do so many ridiculous things and we laughed so much. And the directors, Matt and Tyler were just so wonderful they created such a good environment and samara who was the lead was just one of the best number ones i've ever worked with she really set the tone for a playful fun um set and uh it was just really cool it's just fun to show up and be excited about what you're going to film that day Mm. you know that's not always the case (laughs) i mean i mean it was such a fun movie to watch um you know me and the wife we just absolutely loved loved it and it's one of our favorite movies it really really is Uh, and then looking looking back over your career um you know having started so young if you could go back in time uh to your 11 year old self you know what piece of advice would you give her to prepare her for what you've experienced um don't listen to the haters (laughs) (laughs) just block them out it's just a waste of your time Mm. you know i think i think when we're little i was thinking about this yesterday actually when we're young our view of the world is so um myopic and things and won't feel so big later in life and mm-hmm. um yeah just say you know uh joining the circus was one of the best things i think i i did for myself 
as an, I always felt like an outsider growing up in the city that I grew up in. I was bullied a lot as a kid. And so to, to join this place where being different and by circus, I mean like the industry, Mm. uh, or acting the, the art of acting and the, the people that it sort of pulls into it, it really allows you and it actually encourages you to be unique. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm grateful that I, that I pursued that avenue that allows me to sort of be who I am and express that um, through all of these different people that I get to play. Definitely. And uh, actually, you could join the circus with your knife throwing skills. So, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I'm still hang- hanging on to that. I'm like, it's just amazing. <laughs> Fly fishing, uh, knife, knife, knife throwing. And I always end all my interviews with the same question, uh, which is, um, if your life was a movie, what title would it have? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's a really good title. That or like, what just happened? That I think would also be a good title for my if my movie, if my life was a movie. Yeah. The, me- the memoirs yeah. of getting into a, a random van. Um, yeah. At the beginning, but but yeah. at least at least you've been a great guest. I cannot wait for Disquiet to come out in a couple of days um, on February the tenth. But uh, keep safe and stay super. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be More Super the podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by PropStore.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content. You can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super the Podcast and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and stay super.